Hey guys, good evening. It's great to see you guys. Is the net growing? Hi ladies. <laughs> Did you guys see that picture last week? I missed that. I was kind of over here. We circled up 200 plus men strong and there was a wall full of ladies watching in. Just uh, I heard later that some of them were just weeping over the sight of us unified. And uh, that's a strong, strong sense. Um, I am so excited about that. In the world where I live, running around doing volleyball, doing the dad thing, doing work, uh, just stuff going on. Uh, I interact with a lot of different guys and, and there's not a day that goes by that I'm not pricked with something that that guy or that lady's husband needs to come into the net. And guys, this, this, this is the formative time for the net, that, that the net is going to continue to get stronger and stronger as weeks go by so that when, when you're ready and when the time is right, that you can invite your neighbor, that you can invite your coworker and the guy in the cube next to you. You can invite, you know, the guy that maybe you've just been slowly building a relationship to, that this is a place where guys gather and it's a place that's safe. It's not churchy, even though we're in a churchy building, but it's a place where you can feel comfortable, where you may not necessarily have a place or something to offer him, but you know that there may be a man here that can offer a word of encouragement. Do you guys get the picture of that? That's really what the net is, and that's my prayer over these months. It, it is about what's happening here, but it's it's my daughter's girlfriend's dad that I'm invited into a relationship with that he doesn't know the Lord. And you know, I want him to come in. And this is, this is what's forming the net is what is going to make that guy come in and, and catch that guy where he feels like it's a safe place to come. I had a guy walk through my door yesterday who, you know, took my son out and he's a Catholic guy. And, you know, he's exploring his faith because he grew up, you know, with that background of Catholicism and, and, and he came and just, you know, back at Christmas time, opened up his heart about a situation with his dad. And, and he needs just, he needs some soul care. He needs a place to go where he can talk. And the reality is I don't necessarily have all the answers, but I believe that there's a guy here that maybe can be God's answer for that man who's in my living room. Do you guys get that? That's what's shaping and forming the net. And that's where we're going. And so it's just exciting to see. This isn't about how many guys show up. The truth is, is that the more you guys connect with one another, there's something that gets satisfied in each one of you because you're here for a reason. And a lot of you guys are here because you don't necessarily have a brother or a, a guy, a mentor that you can walk with. And as soon as that happens and you've got him, then maybe that, that alleviates your need to come into the net. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. But for those guys that as you continue to get healthy and you need to invite some brothers in or that kind of thing, that's what this is. Uh, too long have I gone to so many events where we get excited, we get inspired, things happen, we get moved, and then all of a sudden we're literally out the door and we get a phone call or an email and whatever happened in that meeting somehow just, what was that? <laughs> The 10-minute inspirational moments of these movements with men, we're just shutting that down because my vision is for the next 10 years. That's what this is, guys. This is building a family. 
It's fathers and brothers and sons, and it takes a long time to do that. Because if this is going to be a safe place for us to come and to be able to share our stories, do you, do you guys have any idea the courage it takes for Jason and his son to come share that story? That was huge. That was huge for Josh to get up last week and share his story. And for Scott Palmer to sit up there on that video and talk about his wife having cancer and shaving her head, that is huge, guys. But do you have any idea what that does to inspire other men? Because it is about their story, and as Josh mentions, it opens up the redemptive story, the big story of what God is doing in your life, and that that draws men in because says, man, there's something about that. There's something about that is so that is so authentic that I want that. There's so many guys just walking humdrum through life, just doing their job, paying their bills, kind of existing in their marriage and their fathering. And it, please tell me there's something more than that. And when you invite men into the redemptive, big kingdom story of what God is doing in your lives and invites them into something that's larger than what they're living in, that's what the net is. And I didn't plan to say that, but I'm glad I did. I have a habit of doing that. <laughs> I'm a little psyched up about the net. So There was a season not too long ago, it was maybe springtime last year, that I just, you know, I was getting up, and I was more into the discipline of devotion than I was the, the desire for it. I was waking up. I knew I wanted to spend time with the Lord, but where was I headed? And and in that particular season, and I and I take different approaches to my devotional time, for that season, that devotional time was one where I was reading three, four psalms a day, and I was reading a proverb. And and uh, that, that psalm approach opens the heart, and the proverbs is kind of the working man's manual for guys. And that's just where I was at. Well, in that reflective season of just reading and just kind of saturating myself in the word with no other agenda. I wasn't reading through the Bible and I didn't have some sort of deadline. I just was saturating myself in the word. Well, it was that morning about April of last year that I'm reading through Psalm 111, which was our reading for tonight. And I'm just slowly reading through this. And all of a sudden I get to this the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his precepts have a good understanding, and to, to him belong eternal praise. Hang on a second. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That sounds awfully familiar. Wait a second, I'm in Proverbs. Proverbs 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I just found myself just flip-flopping back and forth in those early hours, reading, fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. Suddenly it dawns on me, wait a second, who's writing this? David wrote Psalm 111, Proverbs 1, who wrote that? King Solomon. Who was King Solomon? His son. His son. What are the echoes 
of Solomon, the son. Proverbs is an echo from his dad. Man, wow. Something dropped in my spirit that morning. That just, something I couldn't even put words to. That was just germinating in my soul. That I just had to stay there a little while longer. Lord, what, what is, you just showed me this insight. What's happening here? And all of a sudden it dawned on me. The night before, almost in this sequence, my son says, as I'm putting him to bed, Daddy, can you, uh, can you read me one more story? Sure, Grady, I'll read you another story. Read, read Grady another story. It's great. I love it. We usually goof off almost every night we have a pillow fight. <laughs> I go upstairs, put Bethany down. Hey, Daddy, can I have just one more hug? Oh, sure, honey. That's our nighttime routine. Absolutely. She usually gets four or five hugs because she asks. Daddy, can I have one more hug? Absolutely, honey. I go see Ellie on the other side of the room. She's 13. Got a lot going on in that girl. She's five foot ten and a half, playing a lot of volleyball. Daddy, can I just ask you one more question? Okay, honey. All of a sudden it comes together and it drops on me. My kids have no inhibition about asking their daddy for just one more story, one more hug, one more question. What is my problem with asking my father for just one more thing? That is the heart of the father that wants to bless their children. My son comes and sits with me morning after morning in my devotional time as he's waking up. And I sit there with the Bible in one hand and my son in the other hand. And sometimes the words just kind of go mute on the page as I'm reading. And I look over and the father says, And how much more do I love you than you love this boy? That's the heart of the father. And I'm reminded of it again and again and again. Well, the Lord wasn't done with me yet that morning. Why do I have such a hard time asking my dad for something? And so I put aside my work for that morning and I sat down and I wrote out an email to my dad. I love my dad. I can pick up the phone and talk with him, but there's some there's some challenges in that relationship. He's always been a little bit slow about offering words of encouragement, words of affirmation, words of love. Do I want it? Absolutely. I sat down that morning last April and I wrote out an email to my dad and I told him exactly what I shared with you guys. This is what Grady did. This is what Bethany did. This is what Ellie did. So why do I have such a hard time asking you, dad? Why is that? So, Dad, I'm asking. I don't care if it's a word out of the dictionary. I don't care if it's your view on a news report. I don't care if it's a story from your past. It could be a Bible lesson. This is your son asking. I want to hear from my dad. 
and it sat for about two weeks, nothing. And then I got a book. (laughs) And at the end was a business proposal. (laughs) That's my dad, though. My dad's an entrepreneur, and uh, but his his awkward and clunky way of responding opened the door for something between he and I. Where now, almost a year later, he is sending emails and sending words of encouragement, sending things that are exactly what I'm asking for. And you know what? My perception is, oh, he, he'll never do that. Or why would I even think to ask him? I've learned something about my dad. I've learned something about myself. And my kids have taught me. Men, every one of us in this room, we are designed to bless others. Guys, you are wired You are blessed to be a blessing. And some of you are sitting here tonight so broken, so hurting, so alone, that you can't even imagine where that begins. And that also is what the net is about. That our desire is that you get so filled up with the love of God, the courage of God, and the affirmation of God, that you are so filled up with that, that you cannot help but that would overflow, hopefully first, to those that you love in your home. This tonight, it is about a fathering talk, but it goes well beyond just your kids. What's happening in your marriage? What's happening in maybe some of the younger guys you spend time with? Even in the workplace, are you, are you a blessing to those around you? It's real simple, biblically speaking. Curses and blessings. Blessings and curses, right? That is, that is very sobering language. And guys, that's really what we want to rectify. And the, and the reality is, and the hurt is, we can just stop right here, is there has been curses spoken over some of you men. And you know what? We want to break some of that off. And the curses come in the form of lies. And the truth will set you free. It is that liberty that we want to be so saturated as men of the word of God. With the spirit of God flowing through us that we can offer a word of encouragement to one another. That when we even sense a whisper of a lie sitting in our tables at a few minutes. That we can stop in an appropriate way without lecturing, without coming down on a guy, but speak the truth in love. That we will begin as a group of men, as a body of believers, being seeing curses broken off of us. Where when you speak a word of courage to another brother, you are speaking a blessing to them. What's been spoken into you? I just want to put eyes on the text the next few minutes. Last week we looked at Joshua 1. It's a fascinating, fascinating 
parallel here. Turn with me if you got your Bibles. And I will say, if you don't have your Bibles, bring them next week. <laughs> we'll have a sword drill. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> First Chronicles 28. Man, there's a lot going on with David. There's a lot of history there. We could spend the next year at the net talking about David. This is the, the summit of his life. This is what he wants to offer as a word of blessing to his son, given all the history, and most of you guys know the history with David. His victories, his defeats, his successes, his failures. Chronicles, First Chronicles 28. Verse 8, so now I charge you in the sight of Israel and the assembly of the Lord and all hearing our God, be careful to follow the commands of the Lord your God so that you may possess the good land and pass it on as the inheritance to your descendants forever. Be careful. If you look back at Joshua 1, it's the exact same language. Be careful. He's speaking that to his son. Can you hear yourself saying that to your son? I certainly can to my boy. <laughs> be careful. Watch out, right? Beware. Be on your guard. Be careful. Look a little closer at what we just read. That you may possess the good land. Good land. That's the same exact language in Psalm 111. The good land. This is language of covenant. Language of promise that he's speaking over Solomon. Then he gets real specific with him. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God your father to serve him with wholehearted devotion, with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind your thoughts. Whew, this language. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you now forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. And then here it comes. Be strong and do the work of the Lord. If you jump over to verse 20, David says also to Solomon his son, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God my God is with you. There's a whole lot going on within these verses, specifically what he speaks to Solomon. We could literally go into how do you take your son through a time of blessing? What would you speak to your son specifically? There is some very specific language here if you go through. David set aside, he's made plans. He's laid instructions out. He's designated people. He's provided. There is so much going on specifically that can instruct us as dads on how to provide a blessing. But what I really want to camp on tonight is the character Who do you echo, gentlemen? Who are the men that are in your life that you're echoing from, for good or for bad? And right here, and it could not be in more plain language, we see David, clearly his hero is Joseph. Joseph, 
sorry, um, Joshua. Probably Joseph in there too. <laughs> but we see him verbatim. Who are the guys that you are echoing? Who are the heroes in your life that you are echoing? Because it is those very same guys that you are going to be echoing on to those you love. Your children, your wife, friends in your life. I ask that question, not rhetorically, but I, I charge you to really take the time. Measure your words. Measure your attitude and the character of who you are. And what does that reflect? Who do you mirror? Not from a point of shame, but just from a point of reckoning. To recognize who, who, who you are today. Just to give you a vision, some, some scope of prayer of where, where we're moving. All of us are on this journey of moving towards being made in the image of Christ. And anybody arrive yet? <laughs> right. <laughs> We're moving that way. What is your character echo? Man, I am really good at telling my son and daughters what to do. I'm, I feel like a professional. <laughs> but man, I get that thing turned right around on me real fast. Am I, am I doing the same thing that I'm passing on in my words as in my actions? That's a hard one for me. Really hard. And then what do you want your children to echo? And I'll close with this. This is just powerful to me. What do you want your children to echo? At the defining moment where your son or daughter is to release to their place of independence... When, when the time of testing comes, what will your children echo? This is fascinating to me, gentlemen. You guys know the story very well. David's past. He's, Solomon is now king. He's set in. He, he's got all, everything. And the very first thing that we see in his kingship is suddenly Solomon is, is there before the Lord in a dream. And the Lord says, I'll give you anything you ask. You guys know the story. And what does he ask for? Wisdom. Isn't it interesting? Out of everything that he could have asked for, where did he get that idea from? Could it be that it was all the way back from the Psalm 111? That it wasn't just a random idea because he was scared to death of the kingdom and all the people? Or was it something deeply set in his heart in the formation of this man's character because of his dad living it out to the best of his ability with a few moments of stumbling and failing? The echoes of David as a father came shining through in the son of Solomon when the time of testing really came. And that's powerful to me, guys. It's powerful for me because I look in my son's eyes and my daughter's eyes, what is that going to look like? Now, some of you men are at a place where your sons and daughters have gone on and they've stumbled and they've made some mistakes and and, and we can get tripped up really easy on I wish I could have and I should have done this and, and look at that and let's just stop right there.
regardless of the age of your children, these questions still apply. The blessing you receive from your father can still overflow as soon as tomorrow, that you can be a blessing to your sons and daughters. Do you believe that? How many sons are there in the room? Let me ask the question. So who's your daddy? Who's your father? The heart of the father wants to bring a blessing on you. And then what will you echo? This is not an overnight thing, guys. It takes a long time just to be saturated in the Father's love. And the more that you're saturated in it, you will find that echoes through all of your life. This is, this is a fathering talk, but it applies in every one of these areas. Let me close in prayer. Father, thank you tonight for just your word. We just paddled downstream a little bit and we turned the corner and there's an ocean to be discovered of the depths of your love. God, I just pray that you would speak very clearly, very specifically to the deep places of these men's hearts. That from just a reckoning that curses would be broken, that blessings would come forth, that the hearts of these fathers would turn to their sons and daughters and bring a blessing over these families, this church, and our city. That that would happen. That's your work. And I just call upon that promise for these men. Saturate these men in your love. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, we're going to break up into our groups. I went a little long again. <laughs> I'm going to get better. <laughs> so what we do each time is, is uh, for you guys that are just coming in for the first time, we've got eight different topics. And the, the purpose of the eight topics is they are not all inclusive of everything related to men, but it's a way to get guys as they come in the door to say, hey, why am I here? And some guys, you guys got fireworks going on in your marriage and you may need some guys just to walk with you. That's why we have the marriage thing. For some guys, you're just coming into the faith. You need some guys to walk with you just related to how do I have a devotional? How do I learn how to even read the Bible? What is it to just even follow Jesus? Some basic stuffs, but then there's a whole lot more to that in terms of what is discipleship. Um, the, specifically, I wanted to emphasize tonight this manhood. This is identity. It is the question of who am I? And there are a lot of guys, all ages, still trying to answer that question. And that's really where we're exploring what that is in manhood. And then after you discover and walk in that a little bit of who am I, then the question is, what am I to do? What is my purpose? What is my calling? And that's why we have the calling. There's a lot of guys that are stumbling around because they don't have a real good sense of the calling is that I'm learning the more that I'm just thinking about these ideas. The call is directly connected to who is doing the calling. 
It's the relationship with the Lord. All of these things tie in together, absolutely. Legacy, it is about the guys that are finishing well. And for the guys that are going to hang out in Legacy, that is the most transient community that we're going to have here because we're trying to get wise guys raised up as quickly as possible. And there is going to be wise guys in, in every one of these topics. And... Brotherhood is our group where guys that are just coming in and man, I had just absolutely don't have a place. I don't have, I'm here and I could probably jump into any one of these, but I just don't even have a friend. I just don't. If I was here to admit, I don't have a guy in my life and I need one. That's what brotherhood is. The format for brotherhood is where we may take on, just to go in a little deeper in our conversation, either the testimony for the night or the teaching and that's what brotherhood is. And so we're going to keep developing this. We're going to spend less time just up front talking about it. So hopefully we can get formatted into groups quicker. Each table, um, as these nights go on, we're going to get more specifics with categories. You'll notice specifically with fathering, there's teenage sons, teenage daughters, um, you know, in the area of brotherhood, we're going to be focusing on less categories in terms of specific things, but rather specific ages. Guys in their 20s, 30s, 40s, if you're in your 50s and up, I'd encourage you to hang out with Legacy. So this is our very formative approach to this that we'll just continue to get more and more defined and we'll get better at it as weeks go on. Men are goofy guys when it comes to trying to get them assimilated. The other thing is just to give you guys some permissions and then we'll break up. The permission is that you guys land, sample the groups if you want. Guys are goofy. You may land there and you don't have a chemistry. That's fine. If you want to move over to another group the next week, that's okay. But what we do want to encourage you to do is that sometime soon, whether it's next week or two months from now, that you settle with a group of people. This is about connecting and that's what our hope and prayer is, is that there will be some meaningful relationships that come from that, but it has to work within where you're at. So does that make sense? Good. Okay, so we're going to move into uh, our time. Let me uh, encourage you guys to break. One last comment. We've got some guys that uh, they're certainly not ushers. We kind of call them roamers. They're really just wise guys. They'll be kind of back around the sound booth. If you're just not sure where to head off, there'll be some guys that are a little more seasoned that uh, may be able to help encourage you where to land. Uh, so you guys break, and uh, we're going to go until 8.30. And then uh, next week, I promise, I'll get you moving quicker. So thank you. <laughs>